Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and a videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, I actually have a fellow podcaster. It's always great to interview fellow podcasters and also a fellow dad and a fellow entrepreneur and a fellow mastermind connoisseur. <laughs> uh, we're actually in the same mastermind as well uh, called the Adventure Dads Mastermind. We run that actually every Monday um, you know, with our uh, friend. Uh, Rama Davis was actually been on the show earlier. Uh, he talked about how to be an adventurous dad. So make sure you check out that interview um, on how you can be adventurous as a dad. Uh, on this episode, uh, we're going to be uh, talking with Andy about his journey, uh, travel journey, and about his business, his coaching business, and his uh, you know his podcast. So Andy, to start off with, why don't we get to know you a little bit better? If you want to share more about yourself. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Ricky. I'm really glad to be here on your show. This is a, an honor and a privilege and uh, excited to talk to you. Uh, I think in, in some ways you're you're living a life that uh, I aspire to live. Uh, and so it's always cool and exciting to connect with you. Um, so quick background on me. Uh, I grew up in uh, sunny Orlando, Florida, and uh, went to college in Florida. And then uh, where I met my wife uh, some 15 or so years ago, we moved to California for a long time. Uh, 11 years, we lived in um, Southern California and San Francisco. And uh, during that time, um, got the experience of uh, not only hosting people uh, from all over the world through uh, couchsurfing.org, if, if many of your listeners might be familiar. Um, we also started traveling, um, not just across the country on several road trips. Um, we've done a lot of, we did a lot of hiking and camping, um, but also started to travel to different countries around the world as well to explore and see different cultures and just fell in love with that. Uh, and then in the last couple of years, as uh, as you know, Ricky, we were just talking about this before the show, uh, I had two kids. Uh, I have one who's three, a three-year-old daughter and a one-year-old son. And that has definitely slowed down our travel quite a bit. Um, I always said that it wouldn't uh, do that to us, but it definitely did. And uh, we're just starting to kind of ease back into doing that a little bit more with some road trips. And I definitely aspire to get back out there and travel a lot more uh, like you're doing, Ricky, you are uh, a trendsetter and uh, a role model in this area. I can't hear you. I... Ricky, sorry, I can't hear you. Yeah, sorry. Uh, what I wanted to say is uh, it is definitely challenging to travel with kids. But at the same time, it's an incredible blessing um, to have the quality time with my wife and kids and to see the world through their eyes. Uh, so, Andy, I'm curious about your travel journeys. You've been to uh, over 20 countries. Uh, uh, walk us through some of your favorites. Uh, where did you go in terms of continents and countries and sightseeing? Yeah, so uh, you're right. But I think 25 countries maybe on um, five continents. I have not been to Africa or Antarctica yet uh, in my journeys. Uh, and I've been really lucky for the last seven years, I've been working for a really cool consulting company called BTS. Uh, it's actually a Swedish company. We focus on the people side of strategy and we run workshops for clients um, all over the world. And so that has actually afforded me a lot of really great travel uh, to some awesome destinations that were paid for by clients or by uh, my job. We also do a conference every year, usually somewhere we can ski. So I've skied in the Alps a couple of times as a result of, of those conferences, as well as in Colorado and, and some other places. Um, but, you know, I've always found ways to get creative and not just travel to cool places for work. But especially before kids, I would usually, if any time I went to somewhere great, especially in Europe or Asia, 
uh, try to tack on a week or so and um, bring my wife along using, you know, airline miles or something to get her there with us. So, I mean, every year we would do uh, a trip to Europe and travel around to places like Germany and Austria and Czech Republic and Hungary, um, as well as, as France and Spain and other places. Uh, probably my favorite trip, though, that we did uh, was I was lucky enough to get a, uh, a trip to run a client workshop. And I see Ricky's got the kiddos uh, behind him there. Uh, awesome to see everybody jumping around, getting involved. Um, so, you know, favorite trip going back to that uh, work-wise was I, I was lucky to get a work trip to uh, Tokyo, Japan in, I think, 2013, uh, right before the Christmas holidays. And so I was able to bring my wife with me. And after my meetings were done, uh, we hopped on the uh, Shinkansen, the uh, high-speed rail there in uh, Japan and traveled uh, south to you know Osaka, Kyoto, Hiroshima, uh, and a few other places. Um, spent two weeks traveling around uh, in Christmas time in Japan, which was interesting because such a beautiful country, my favorite country. I've been there a couple times, um, but also funny to see their kind of interpretation of Christmas and how they celebrate there, and just all the different cultural differences. Um, that was one of my favorite trips. Uh, I've also been many other countries in in Asia and Europe, and a little bit in South America as well. Awesome, sounds great. And I, I know you uh, focus on like uh, mountaineering and you love the, the mountains. I've actually seen some of your social media pictures. Very inspiring. Uh, so um, tell us a little bit about that part of your uh, journey, the adventure. Yeah, sure. So it's kind of funny because, you know, like I said, I grew up here in Florida uh, where I am back now, where it is very hot and flat and there is no mountaineering to be done. Um, so I didn't, I don't think I really even had a, an idea of, or a concept of this idea of hiking uh, when I was growing up. But uh, like I said, I moved to California after college and I got really lucky that I um, linked up with uh, a guy named Sean Galt who became a good friend and business partner of mine. We started a few businesses together uh, and uh, he also got me really into hiking. And uh, we started, uh, my, wife and, or we, my wife and I started camping with him and his wife, Karen. And then um, I started going on some more hiking trips with them. We, uh, we hiked uh, Mount Whitney, which is the tallest mountain in the continental US. Um, and then I ended up going back there with friends to do it uh, at a different time and, and do it in the snow. And then, um, you know, I did some, started doing backpacking trips with other friends that I made through business school uh, at USC. And uh, the really cool one was uh, I actually met a client, uh, one of my clients who was a CFO of an insurance company I was working with. Turned out she was a really big mountaineer. And um, when I found that out, I, I just started inviting myself on her trips basically with her and her husband. And we ended up um, climbing Mount Shasta together in California, as well as Mount Rainier uh, in Washington. Um, and then she went on to, uh, to, to climb uh, on Everest twice, actually. Uh, so she was much more skilled than I was. Um, unfortunately, didn't summit either time because she ran into troubles, but uh, was, was on Everest two times. So, you know, it's, it's really been about making finding people meeting people building relationships um and just finding a lot of friends that are into those different things learning from them getting into the hiking the camping the backpacking um and the mountaineering like you said and then when people are going on trips just saying hey i'll, I'll be happy to join you on that and then before i knew it i was i was kind of leading my own not really necessarily knowing what i was doing but you know learning from people all, all along the way which is what all of this stuff in, in travel is about right yeah, so you mentioned you have two young kids now, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So uh, um, you actually take your kids up uh, trekking much? Uh, because I, I see some dads, and they actually have these carriers, and they look pretty elaborate, like some of them on the back or the front. 
have you done any of that with your kids yet? Yeah, so I'm I'm sorry to say we haven't done too much of that yet. Uh, being in Florida, I feel like there's not a lot of opportunities. Uh, my daughter was born in San Francisco, and um, her first nine months we were there, and I still did a lot of camping, uh, or sorry, a lot of hiking around the Bay Area with her and with my dog uh, at the time, Tebow. And I did I do have that backpack, and uh, we hiked around a lot of uh, great you know mountains up in you know small mountains up in uh, Marin County, just north of San Francisco. Uh, and I have some great photos from that time, uh, but I haven't done too much of that since we back in Florida. But I, you know, I find other ways to get out and get adventurous. Uh, just yesterday, I went on a 20-mile bike ride uh, with the uh, the little trailer hooked up behind my my road bike uh, with my son Teddy in the back, and I sometimes do that with both kids. So, um, and we we walk a lot around neighborhoods. We visit parks and see different things. I take them on bike rides, but uh, I definitely want to get back out to. The mountains and show them what that's all about because that's a that's a big part of my life and my passion now. Sounds great, Andy. I, I would love to hear more about uh, your entrepreneurial ventures. Uh, uh, walk us through some of the stuff you're doing online and uh, you know masterminding, podcasting, etc. Yeah, sure. So you know, as I mentioned earlier, I, I do have a a job with um, the consulting company I mentioned, um, but I've also I've, I've almost always had side businesses over the years. Um, different entrepreneurial ventures. Um, I've been in the ticket business for a long time. So I mentioned my my buddy Sean, who I got me into hiking and camping to begin with. Uh, we started out. We we used to buy up tons of season tickets from a lot of different sports teams, and we would resell the individual tickets, uh, especially teams in LA like the Lakers and Dodgers, where we lived. Um, so that was a side business for many years. Um, and we had websites that we started. But more recently, like you said, I have. Um, gotten into performance coaching. I got certified and started working with some clients to help them uh, improve performance in every area, of their, every area of their life, whether it's relationships, health, fitness, um, and business as well, um, using my MBA and consulting experience um, to work with entrepreneurs and, and other people who are, are trying to kind of achieve big goals. Uh, and I started a podcast this year, as you know, called The Entrepreneur Hot Seat, which uh, where I interview entrepreneurs every week and get to learn from them, which has been awesome. And then um, the other thing you mentioned, the mastermind group. So I, I run a mastermind group for dads uh, as part of uh, the Dad's Edge group, which is managed by a guy named Larry Hagner. And uh, we meet weekly and, and discuss all kinds of issues to help uh, them and all of us, myself included, uh, become a better father, better husband, better man, um, as well as to help each other with business careers, that sort of thing as well. And it's just all about helping everybody uh, perform at the highest level. Awesome. Uh, so you mentioned you got certified as a coach. Uh, what program did you do? Uh, walk us through uh, why did you choose that particular program and how did it benefit you as a coach? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I got my certification through a program called Performance Coach University. And uh, Performance Coach University, or PCU, uh, was created by a guy named Jarek Robbins and his wife, Amanda. And uh, a lot of you, some of you listeners may have heard of Jarek or they probably at least heard of his father, Tony. Um, and I, I heard Jarek on a couple of podcasts. I ended up talking to him on the phone, connected with him, just really liked his message and the way he was living his life. And um, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say he's a digital nomad, but um, I, I am connected with him and his wife. And I feel like they're always traveling, always working from somewhere. Um, I just talked to him on the phone last week and I think he was in St. Martin. Or you know some Caribbean island working from there. They're they're always flying around, um, so they're definitely kind of living that lifestyle that a lot of people, myself included, really want to live. Uh, and so I, I really like the message and the program uh, was a kind of an online self-paced program, like uh, a lot of them out there. 
um, but it included um, some good connection, office hours, and opportunity to really uh, learn from one of the best because he not only grew up in his dad's business, but he's been a very successful coach in his own right. Um, and I had the pleasure of having Jarek on my podcast to talk even more about that um, just a, a few months back. And um, yeah, it was a good education. It's been a good experience. And um, I'm actually heading over to uh, Tampa where they live uh, in just uh, two weeks to go to a little workshop to learn more about um, how to grow the coaching practice based on some of the things they've done. Yeah, definitely it's good to get certified. It's something I'm looking at doing too. Uh, right now I don't have certification, but I have the certification of actually being on the road and traveling so I can coach people Yeah, because I'm doing it. Uh, but obviously having um, something formal definitely helps because nowadays pretty much anyone can call themselves a coach and you hear a lot of coaches, um, life coaches, and kind of like uh, it's kind of a bad stigma <laughs> because – because yep. so many coaches are so messed up. They're teaching about marriage and relationships, but they're divorced. They're, uh, right. they're teaching about money, but they're broke. And it, yep. it, it, it's kind of hard to differentiate yourself. So as a coach, um, besides the certification, are there any ways that you differentiate yourself to get more clients? Yeah, so I, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's coaching is kind of the Wild West, right? And there's not like any – you can get certified. You don't have to be certified in anything. There's not really a regulating body um, so it, it, it's really kind of depends on, I think what type of education, what you want to get out of it, what you want to learn, and then maybe what connections do you want to make? Um, so for me, it, the program I went through provided a lot of learning, the, the kind of the basics I wanted to get down to learn how to be a coach because I, I kind of figured out that I had some of the skills that might be necessary, but I didn't have the, the techniques, the education. So I learned a lot of that through the program. Um, and I would say as far as how I differentiate myself. Um, I'm still learning that because it's kind of early in the journey, early in the process. But I would say the biggest thing is relationships. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've got a pretty big network. I'm always meeting people. Uh, you and I just met not that long ago, right, through a, through a mutual friend. You mentioned Rama Davis. Um, and it, it's really about meeting people, building relationships, adding value, showing people that I care about helping them, and then hopefully looking for those opportunities to serve them in a, maybe a greater capacity as a coach, if they were looking for a formal coaching relationship. And even if not, um, you know, being able to keep in touch with and help people. I've been doing some free coaching calls this week just to help some friends uh, with the idea that, you know, first priority, I just want to serve people and help them. And second, if they have that experience, they're more likely to maybe refer me to someone when they know one of their friends uh, is in need of a coach. So I think the relationship and then you know, the second part of it, I think to, to really uh, differentiate myself that a lot of I'm, I'm learning a lot of good coaches do is number one is, is to live the life. Like, like I'm always uh, or walk the talk, I guess you would say, like I'm always trying to get better. I'm always trying to improve. Um, I pay a lot of attention to my health and development. I work out every day. I meditate every day. Um, I, I take a lot. I do a lot of those things that people might tell you to do. Um, but then I also try to remain humble and vulnerable and remind people that I definitely don't have it all figured out. I'm not perfect. Um, I seek out coaches and mentors to talk to, to ask questions. I'm in mastermind groups as well um, to try to help and, and figure out things myself. And um, because I'm, I'm continuing to develop as I want to help other people develop as well. Yeah, no, I think uh, you're totally banging the money there. A lot of coaches, they don't actually share their weaknesses, their vulnerabilities, their transparencies. And it's a little bit artificial because 
everyone has issues. I, Absolutely. It could be uh, mind issues, financial issues, relational issues, health issues. And I think the more you can share as a coach about your difficulties and also not only your difficulties, but how you overcame them, you can actually inspire others as well. So good on you for, you know, uh, sharing the, the, the kind of the, the weaker side or the, you know, the weaknesses as well. Yeah, can I just can I just add a couple of things there because I I think yeah, that I think that's so important uh, and it's something I've been learning, you know, recently as I go through this journey. And the first thing is that if you study, you know, the best ways to build relationships with people, like deep relationships, you you come to find that showing vulnerability is really the best way to connect with people, right? <laughs> Your daughter is so cute. Um, if if you are really just projecting this image that you've got things all figured out and everything's awesome, people are more likely to be intimidated by you and they're maybe less likely to share their own problems or challenges with you because they are worried that maybe you're going to see them as weak. But when you start sharing challenges with people, then they're more likely to relate to that and they're going to connect with you on a deeper level. So that hasn't been easy for me over the years. It's something I've been learning and trying to get better at. And just as an example, um, you know, we mentioned like the Dad's Edge group. I'm really involved uh, in this group online. I've been connecting with a lot of great guys. Uh, somebody sent me a message recently that basically said, I'm going to paraphrase, hey, I've seen some of your posts. I see what you're doing. Um, I've always thought you're this really awesome guy, but I've been a little bit intimidated because you, it, you seem like you really have it all together. But lately, when you've been sharing some of your weaknesses, some of your vulnerabilities and challenges, it's humanized you and made me realize how much of a humble, awesome guy you are and made me admire you even more. That's kind of the message I got from uh, another dad I've been talking to recently. Um, and it just kind of goes to show you the power of being willing to show some of those vulnerabilities and weaknesses. And it's not easy, but it, it sometimes can help people not only connect with you more, but maybe even admire you more for that. Yeah, and I've actually got similar kind of messages to what you just uh, mentioned. Uh, people tell me like, hey, you know, uh, I used to be a domesticated dad, suburbanized dad, and I can totally relate to, like, for example, my own story is like I was quite depressed back in Vancouver. Uh, I was just not happy being a suburban dad, commuting back and forth from work to uh, school to commitments, and I left it all behind. And, uh, you know, I shared those darker points of my journey, and people can really relate. They're like, okay, you actually went through the darkness to come on the other side. So there's hope for me too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. Like people, it, it's not just like, oh, you're, you got it all figured out and this is all part of the master plan. And one day you just woke up and you're like, yeah, we're going to travel the world. This is going to be easy. Um, I'm sure you have many challenges that go along with that. I'm sure people love to hear about those things. So I'd actually be curious if I could turn the tables on you, Ricky. You know, things are great. You're traveling around. You're in, are you still in uh, Bogota? Uh, right we now? actually. Yeah, we're, we're in Medellin, Colombia, and yeah, yeah, we do definitely have struggles on the road, too. Uh, yeah. one of them, I'll share with you a few. Uh, one of them is having strong Wi-Fi. So obviously, when we're traveling, our Wi-Fi is on and off, even on, you know through some of the masterminds. I could barely video stream sometimes, and <laughs> because I do online coaching, I do masterminds, I do my podcast and videocast interviews, I have a virtual summit coming up, and I also do a lot of Udemy courses, I have four of them. A lot of my stuff is online. Um, Almost all of my stuff's online, so that's the biggest trouble, Wi-Fi. Um, just, just on the road, I mean, I'm fighting a lot with my wife because we have different uh, travel styles. I'm very much a fast traveler. I like to see as many countries and in as many cities as possible. My wife's much more of a slow traveler. So those kind of, um, um, kind of like differences in our personalities, that uh, obviously is difficult. 
my kids, uh, you know, if you're watching the video version, they're always running around and jumping around. Uh, they're, they're, always, they're always kind of uh, bugging me when I'm trying to do important stuff. That's a challenge, but, it, but even in Vancouver, that would be a challenge as well. My kids are young, five, three, and one, so they throw tantrums. Uh, but I'd rather them throw tantrums here on the road here in uh, South America than back in Canada. Um, so there are a lot of challenges. The other challenges include language um, and culture, like we're in Colombia and I don't know much Spanish, so that's tough as well. So there's a whole bunch of challenges and uh, it, it, it is definitely not easy. Um, the other, other challenge, and I'll share that too, is uh, finances. I mean, we, we had say, savings when we we're traveling and we're also uh, making online income, but it is not stable. My online income right. fluctuates and uh, we're trying to plan ahead so we can actually keep going. Originally it was just a year or so. How do we keep going? So we're figuring out what works, what doesn't. And um, you know, I've been coaching for a few months now um, and my coaching clients, sometimes they fall off and I had right. two at the beginning and I lost both and all of a sudden I didn't have any. And now luckily I've got a couple more. Um, so that's tough. Um, so that's why I need to have multiple streams of income, not just the coaching, but uh, right. um, paid mastermind, online courses. Uh, my blog makes me some money. So yeah, those right. are some of my, um, my challenges, um, Andy. I, I love it, and I can relate so much, especially to the uh, the one about you and your wife having different travel styles. My wife and I are exactly the same, or, you know, the same way. I, when we go traveling, I'm like, let's see as much as we can. We'll probably never be back here again. And she gets dizzy and gets so angry at me because I'm always rushing through places and just wants to relax. And so I've learned from her. And now, more often, the last few trips, we've we've kind of picked one location and stayed there for a while. Uh, for instance, earlier this year, we took a trip to Portugal and uh, a little side trip to Paris after that. But we stayed in Lisbon and just did a couple of day trips from there and explored Lisbon and didn't try to do too much uh, in the week that we were there. And I think we were both uh, so much happier. Uh, but then I still got my my time, my revenge, if you will. We went to Paris for two days. And even though we had both been to Paris before, I still was dead set on seeing as much as possible. And we, I think we probably walked 30,000 steps a day for those two days and just saw a bunch of stuff, but we had a great time. And I think we, we found some compromises, uh, as I'm sure you and your wife do, as you go through and do this stuff, you, you look for that common ground where maybe, you know, one morning I would do a walking tour while, while she just sat down and had a cup of coffee and waited for me so that, you know, she could get some relaxing time and I could still keep exploring. So, you know, you got to look for those things and find those compromises. Yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, sometimes my wife will just stay at the hotel uh, with, uh, for example, our youngest, which is one year old, and I'll travel with these two older ones. And sometimes I'll need the time alone, and she'll hang out with all the kids. And sometimes, even when we're traveling, we actually leave the kids with the babysitter, like the hotel staff or some friends we know while we're traveling. And that really helps to nurture the uh, the marriage while we're traveling. So. Um, because that's obviously tough, yeah, you know, when you're traveling all the time um, yeah. and you focus on family, the travels, the scheduling, the checking in, the checking out, and uh, the marriage kind of uh, gets neglected. Right. Uh, so uh, I'm curious to know about your podcast. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned you've uh, interviewed a few big names. Walk us through the podcast journey. When did you start it? And uh, tell us about the major themes and topics you're covering on the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. So um, the podcast was an idea around the beginning of the year, and I've been a podcast fan for nearly a decade. My wife and I listen to a ton of podcasts, and I guess I've kind of had this idea for a long time of, you know, maybe I could start my own podcast. And then that limiting belief, if you will, that, uh, you know what, there's already so many podcasts out there, and there's so many, so many people to listen. So 
probably no one's going to listen to mine. Why would I, why should I start one? I got surrounded by a good group of guys in a mastermind group I was in who basically said like, no, that's silly. You know, you should start a podcast. You've got a great unique voice. You've got a style, um, great connections. Uh, why not go for it and see what happens? So I did, I, I set a date, I set a deadline. Uh, May 1st was the day I was gonna launch my podcast. And um, I started working my connections. I started researching and learning. Um, I did a couple free courses online. I also read three books. Uh, and then I started talking to people, uh, connections I had made who had podcasts uh, to learn from them about their experience. This was really key. Uh, and then I just started doing interviews. And I started doing interviews and kind of stockpiling those, if you will, um, because I, I wanted to launch with, you know, if, if you listen to say uh, John Lee Dumas, for example, from uh, EO Fire, uh, he has a course called Free Podcast Course, which I did. Um, you'll say to launch with at least three episodes. And so I wanted to have that, but I really wanted to have more like 15 in the bank because to be honest with you, I know I've got a lot of things going on with the job and the side business and the family. Um, I was terrified that I wouldn't follow through and that, um, you know, I would get bogged down with something and then I would miss a week or something like that. So I wanted to make sure I had some in the bank. So I recorded a bunch. Uh, and then the, the day came, May 1st, and I launched the podcast. Um, great reception, a lot of friends that, you know, that subscribed, downloaded, left me reviews, um, sent feedback. And um, it's been a really cool journey since then. I think I've recorded um, close to 50 interviews. I've published about uh, 30 podcasts to this point. You know, I'm basically doing two to three a week. And um, it's been a lot of fun. The surprising thing is that you may know from doing this, Ricky, and we I tell other people now is that, um, you know, the first thing was that I thought it was going to be really hard to book guests. Uh, and I, I've worked in sales, so I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be persistent and really like bother people until they come on my show. Um, but I really haven't had to do that at all because, first of all, almost everybody that I ask has said yes. You know, no one says no because people love this idea of being able to tell their story, of getting exposure, of, of promotion. Uh, and number two is people make introductions. And as they're listening, they start coming to me and saying, oh, this person would be great for your show. This person would be great for your show. Uh, and so I've been just kind of saying yes to most of those people as well. And I get them booked and I really don't have to worry about getting guests. Um, now it's more about finding the time to edit, um, figuring out how and when to publish. Um, my biggest challenge of late is that because I'm so involved in uh, dad networks and like men's groups that most of my guests have been men. And I have some female friends who have been kind of complaining that like, hey, your your podcast has been like pretty, pretty skewed in one direction and you need to have more female guests. And I get that. So I'm trying to um, try to come back to the other side and, and find some more female guests. But uh, I, I will say that, you know, not only has it been great um, getting guests and I've, I've kind of run the, the gamut like I wanted to when I planned to have everyone from some really famous entrepreneurs that I admire and look up to who have made millions of dollars and are doing really well uh, on down to, you know, friends and friends of friends who are just starting out and have made nothing and everyone in between. It's kind of my, been my goal. And uh, it's been really cool, uh, you know, talking to all these different people about their journeys and what's going on and seeing what other people connect to, you know, getting the feedback and the comments from friends and, and other people who are listening um, and telling me what they, what they got from it. You know, recently I released an interview with a friend of mine who is, you know, for all intents and purposes, a, a nobody, right? He's just a friend who runs a property management group uh, in LA. He's not famous. 
Um, but I've gotten a lot of great feedback on that episode. A lot of people said, hey, really like that. It really resonated with me. Um, so you never know what's going to resonate with people. But I'm just enjoying the conversations, the journey, the connections from it, uh, have you, as you know from doing yours. Uh, it's just been awesome. I just love meeting people and building relationships and learning. And the podcast has been great for that. So I plan on continuing to do it for, for a long time. Yeah, you know, I definitely learn a lot from my guests. And even if no one ever listens to them, I will have right? much just from the wisdom, the experience, and the insights of my guests. So I, that's why I keep doing it, just because I'm gaining. And the moment I stop gaining is the moment I stop, uh, which I don't Heck think yeah. happens. I'm going to keep going too. <laughs> right. So uh, I'm curious about your vision going forward, uh, Andy. So uh, you do a lot of stuff. I mean, obviously, uh, you're married. You have two young kids. Uh, you got uh, your work, you got your businesses, uh, coaching, podcasting, masterminding. So where do you see, see yourself in the next few months, next few years, and beyond? Yeah, that's um, it's funny you ask. It's something I've, I've definitely been trying to figure out. I spent last week doing some journaling and talking to people and, and trying to figure out where, are, where am I going, where are my wife and I going with all of this. Um, the job is great. I'm still looking for... Um, ways to kind of grow the coaching and the masterminds uh, within reason, um, excuse me, and, and looking at some other opportunities that are coming up business-wise. Um, the goal in, in the end is to, you know, get to what you and I have talked about, which is, um, you know, that, that kind of financial flexibility and freedom to be able to make money while traveling uh, and to and do a lot more traveling with the family, see the world, um, do kind of what you're doing, uh, different variations, get back out there in the mountains more often, right? Um, like I talked about. Um, but yeah, I kind of have this vision that we will be, um, have more flexibility to do that. And we've got some good flexibility now. Uh, we're just trying to, if I'm honest, you know, we're trying to clean up our financial situation, um, get out of debt and um, save up a little bit more money before we do that. Um, and so we're kind of working a plan right now. My wife is um, getting into a couple different projects. Um, some real estate investing, uh, perhaps we just invested in actually a new mastermind uh, to teach us how to do that, uh, that we're both going to do. Um, but uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm still looking to grow um, my, my career and income through the current job, as well as the coaching and the masterminds and, and just kind of see where this stuff takes me. So I hope that it's a little bit of rambling. I hope it doesn't uh, come off as like a not a clear vision, but I've got a pretty good idea of where things are going. I just know it's going to be a a slow process of using all these tools that we're adding to our tool belt. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely that's the dream of uh, many people is to have those freedoms, the money freedom, the time freedom, and the location freedom. We're also working right. those things through. I mean, we're working on the income side of things. We're working on, okay, how long are we going to extend this travel journey? The geographic freedom, are we actually going to go back to Vancouver? Are we going to keep traveling? Are we going to settle in some place and keep traveling? So we're also right. trying to out and the vision is never 100% clear the vision is always uh, you know obviously adaptable modifiable based on circumstances financial situation the wife <laughs> etc yeah absolutely and you know I was reminded of this by a friend in one of my mastermind groups the other day that you know we can't forget that life is about the journey it's really important to have a clear vision and kind of know where you're going so you can set goals and milestones and, and try to improve and move closer towards those every day. But you also want to enjoy the journey you're on, right? You're traveling around the world with your family. Um, I've got a great family, wife and two kids. Um, my wife is, is awesome. She's doing a lot of different things. Um, we have a beautiful house here in Orlando. We've been making a lot of friends and kind of exploring different areas, hanging out with different friends. We went to the beach on Saturday and got to hang out all day there. There was nothing stopping us from doing that. 
And um, so, you know, uh, trying to enjoy the journey as much as possible and appreciate what we have. So, uh, Andy, uh, you know, you've been very inspirational on this show here. If people wanted to connect with you, find out about your, you know, your family travels, about the coaching business, the, about the podcasting. Maybe they are a female and they want to be a guest, one of the female guests in your show. <laughs> or if they want to actually yeah. be part of the mastermind as well, um, uh, how can they connect with you? Sure. So um, my website is my name, andystorch.com. That's A-N-D-Y-S-T-O-R-C-H.com. Uh, you can find information about my coaching there, about masterminds. Uh, and there's also a link to the podcast. Uh, the podcast, again, is called The Entrepreneur Hot Seat. Uh, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, you can also listen to it on the website, entrepreneurhotseat.com. And uh, if you're a dad, I would love to to connect with you because I'm, I'm always interested in connecting with other dads who are doing awesome things. And um, of course, I uh, offer some coaching and masterminds if that's something that is you're interested in. Um, if you're a female entrepreneur, then please reach out to me. Uh, as I've already said, uh, I would love to interview you uh, on the Entrepreneur Hot Seat. It would be great because I definitely need to get some more females on there. So um, I think that's it. And if you want to contact me directly, my email is andy at andystorch.com. Cool. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, it was great connecting with you, and we look forward to connecting more. And I know we will because we actually have a weekly mastermind together. So we'll catch up with you soon. Absolutely. Andy. All right, man. Take care. You as well. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make an income while traveling the world. And, uh, you know, make sure you connect with Andy on his, if you're interested in his coaching, his podcasting, his masterminding. He's a great now guy. I know him personally through our own mastermind that we're part of, the coaching mastermind with Rama Davis. Uh, so thanks uh, again, Andy, and we'll catch up with you soon. Happy travels, everyone. Make sure you uh, join our Facebook group as well. Uh, we have a lot of our guests who are actually on the Facebook group. It's called Digital Nomad Mastery Community. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Happy travels, everyone.